This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and take you to the front lines to those that are change- making those changes in the industry. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest Control as well as Triangle Lawn, as well as the CEO of Comarch, a digital marketing and sales services organization for pests and lawn. And with me, as always, is the highly esteemed, highly sought after. And what else could I say here, Dan? Like. Um, very good looking, um, muscular, Mr. Dan Gordon. Yes. Dan, would you say hello? Hello, everyone. What a year it's been uh, with our uh, clients in terms of our fractionalized CFO business. We've grown like crazy. And I say that not because I want to brag about us. It's because I want to brag about the industry. The industry is on fire. The M&A business, we closed uh, four deals in the last three weeks of the, the year, closing out at about $250 million of deal flow, which is absolutely amazing. And we're not the only ones doing it. The industry is absolutely on fire. Um, you capped it off, and, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself with the Terminex. You are, Dan. Yeah, no, no, no. Stop. Put, just, uh, just stop right there. Uh, maybe we got to go in order. <laughs> but, uh, so. but nevertheless, yeah, nevertheless, we, you know, I mean, we, we need to, this COVID thing is not going away and uh, it's, a, it's a thorn in everyone's side. So maybe we should start out talking about that. Well, let's let's back up here for a moment. So obviously it's the first week of January um, and we are back. Um, from a little two-week break. I enjoyed my break, Dan. I hope you did. I hope all of our listeners did. And we're talking about, in this in this episode, we're going to talk about a little bit about the wild ride that 2021 was. And if you can imagine Dan in a, in a cape, a crystal ball, we're going we're gonna to be a little Notre Dame and somewhat. We're going to, yeah, we're going to try to figure this out, like what's coming up in 2022. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. So I... There's a lot to kind of go through here, but you're right, Nan. I think maybe the first thing that we do is we talk about COVID. And I've said this multiple times on the podcast, and I think it's freaking hilarious. But, but you know, again, when COVID kicked off, I had no idea that it was going to go this long. I had heard two years. I thought those were people sitting around with freaking full hats on and, you know, worried that the aliens were listening to their thoughts that, you know, there's no way this thing could go to two years. Now we're at two years, roughly. (laughs) We got another variant and it's going crazy. So let's just recap kind of 2021, right? We we started the year with this is the year we come out of it. You know, we went through 2020. It was awful. 2021 is going to be better. And of course, that's not happened. Um, so let's talk a little bit about not only kind of where we're at, but I think probably the biggest news in COVID for 2021 is this this kind of this response by the Biden administration of making vaccinations mandatory for employers with more than 100 employees. Of course, this is all jammed up in the Supreme Court right now. But thoughts on that, Dan? I mean, it's been I have never seen a response like that in my lifetime. I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I used to think at the beginning, I thought, well, the vaccines are a good idea. I got vaccinated and I got COVID and I got it bad. Um, you know, <laughs> I remember I, that. I, 
this this is not a political statement. It's it's more of a statement. Does anybody really know what's going on? Um, and and does this disease morph from one thing to another? And and so, um, you know, uh, I get the fact that people don't want to put a foreign substance in their body, and it's their body. And uh, you know, so it will be jammed up in court. Um, and I actually believe that uh, the Biden administration will probably lose on this one. Um, but but that's me handicapping it. But but who knows? You know, um, I just. Um, um, and we should know something pretty quick, right? I mean, it's the Supreme Court said they're going to listen to it. They're going to take the case and what in the next month, I think it is. I mean, it's it's pretty fast. So the, the interesting thing is, if you listen to this, there's a guy, uh, his name is Scott Gottlieb. He's on CNBC and some of the others. He's a he's a uh, like a epidemiologist and, a, um, you know, he's on the board of Pfizer. And he said that this Omicron uh, variant will probably uh, he you know, end of January, mid-February, and then it's done. Um, and so by the time this case gets heard and decided, you know, the numbers may be way down again. He also uh, forecasted that uh, COVID's never going away, but it's going to become like the flu. It's just going to kind of, you know, come every fall, you're going to need a vaccine or, you know, there's going to be medicine. Who knows if he's right or wrong? But basically what you're seeing is that, you um, there's as many people in the hospital and many people sick as at the beginning, but our response is nowhere near as strong as it was in the beginning. In the beginning, everybody stay in your house, you know, lock yourself in the closet. And uh, that's not what's going on right now. <laughs> We've got a lot of fighting on both sides. Right. The world goes on, the economy goes on. So I, I think um, it's less of a problem than it was a year well, and I think the other thing that we're seeing that I, for me personally, I, I like seeing this is that you see countries like Israel. I mean, everyone's approach is we're not locking down. We have to move on as an economy. We have to figure out how we're going to move forward. And I think that's probably going to be the approach here in the U.S. Now, whether or not it's, you know, everyone's going to have to have a vaccine or not. I agree with you, Dan. I don't think they're going to win in court. I, I think, you know, when it goes to the Supremes, they're going to be like, nope, you can't, you can't force that because it, I mean, again, political or not, um, it's pretty interesting for you to say, this is what you have to do with your body in, in terms of freedom. Um, and, you know, again, I'm not going to get down that road, but, but I think the main thing here is that we have seen one crazy year in terms of a response and and you know the reality of it is is that outside looking in having no horse in the race it looks like we're crazier in hell and no one knows what's going on we're just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and hoping that something works <laughs> absolutely that's the way i see it as well yeah and it's not a political statement it's just that's you know it's uh, okay get the the uh you know get the vaccine and um, and then get sick, you know. It's just it's crazy. So. <laughs> so so let's 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 pull out a crystal ball on this COVID thing since we're here, and we kind of did this already. But 2022, my take on what's going to have happen with COVID is I don't think this I don't think this employer thing is going to go past the Supremes. This, by the way, this is my prediction. I think we I hope this is the last variant. I think we're going to continue to have smaller variants. But the good news about this Omicron is, um, okay, yeah, more people are getting sick, but less people are dying and less people are going to the hospital. So the reality of it is, is that, yes, it's more contagious, but it's less um, deadly. This is Donnie's opinion, by the way. So my view on it is, I think in 2022, 
do we get out of it? I'm done predicting because obviously I have, I have swung and missed on this one multiple times. But I think the reality of it is, and if I were to project, I would say, or predict, I would say it's going to be, I think, I don't know that we're going to come out of it, but I think it's going to be that we're going to move forward in, as the economy. And whether or not people come back to work, I think that's changed forever. But I, I do feel like 2022 is going to be way better in terms of COVID than 2021. All right, Dan, your turn. Well, the, the, the fact of the matter is, though, that the economy never really suffered. Everybody, you know, you, you watch the news and, oh, we're having a real tough economy. The fact of the matter is the, the economy is zooming ahead. And the reason is because of all the government stimulus, right? Yeah. And government stimulus, you know, monetary and fiscal policy, government stimulus is like steroids. You give a football player a whole bunch of steroids and he's going to play a great game, might have a great season, might have a great career, but then he's going to blow up and die. And that's what's <laughs> going on in the economy. Absolutely. <laughs> if you remember a guy named Lyle Alzado from the, from, from the, 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 the Oakland Raiders before he died, because he had brain cancer from all the steroids. He said, don't do this. That's what's going on with all the stimulus. And they but, but ended, you, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. the economy is going to yeah. blow up and die. Okay, so here we well, go. I, I, but, but, but <laughs> no, but, but you can't just keep propping it up. And they yeah. are removing some of this. And, and what you're seeing is inflation. Infla inflation is a direct result of all of this stimulus that's being thrown in it. Now, um, you know, I probably have a couple of years on you, but I remember when I was a kid in the 70s, inflation was rampant and the economy was stagnant. And so we have a whole lot more tools in the tool chest to deal with it right now, but it'll be interesting to see. By the way, I don't think that, you know, we're going off a cliff. I think, you know, I'm just watching Q1, Q2 and the deal flow that we're doing, the amount of money that's out there, nothing changed. It's, it's really, really beautiful. And so COVID, Yes, uh, from a public health perspective, terrible thing. From an economic perspective, I don't know. It's it's pretty darn good, you know, uh, or it has been. So that that's where I see it, and I, I'm not going to predict what's going to happen. But those are some of the factors that that that, that go into um, some of the analysis. So I want to come back to inflation. So I'm going to save that one for now because that's a big topic. But I I do want to talk about the industry growth overall in 2021. Now. Dan, you are 100% correct. COVID has been good, I think, overall for the industry. We we have grown like gangbusters as an industry. I personally, you know, with Triangle, we've we've had a good couple of years. Last year was really, really great. 20, 2021 and 2020, we thought the world was ending. It ended up being a really good thing. Um, and, you know, the pest index, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because it just got released yesterday. I got the report from William and Blair, and I know that you work with William and Blair quite a bit on this. And the numbers are quite staggering of what's being reported. I was like, holy crap. Um, you want to talk a little yeah. bit about that and kind of the growth? Because, he, you know, the, the data we got yesterday was through November. So year over year through November. We didn't, we, it's too early to have December numbers. But thoughts? Yeah, no, November was a great month. Um, it was up you know, uh, significantly, uh, if you want to see the numbers or see the report, uh, we'll be posting it today is January 4th. It should be up by the end of the week on our website, uh, sellmypcobusiness.com. And, um, but what you're going to see is that the growth numbers for November year over year, um, are, uh, pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Um, now Tim, um, you know, one of the uh, causes that he 
kind of points to is weather. So the weather in November was significantly warmer than, you know, in other Novembers. So that leads to some of the growth. But some of it is just coming out of the pandemic, going up against uh, easier numbers from prior year, although that excuse is getting old. Maybe the industry is just really, really growing nicely. Um, the If you look at the graphs, they are so perfectly correlated to Terminex and Orkin, who, you know, those are both pure play pest control companies that report their numbers publicly. And so the index is pretty spot on and it's a leading indicator of, um, you know, where where the industry is. So the industry is extremely healthy. Uh, bed bugs uh, still not recovered, um, you know, the, the way uh, uh, commercial and residential have. Um, but, um, you know, I don't know enough about it, although people tell me that it's 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 all, you know, bed bugs come from travel related type activities. So if travel's down, then bed bugs are down. But but other than that, the industry is showing or the index is showing us some very, very strong growth. Um, and you should use that uh, in your, you know, budgeting process. What's next year going to look like? Man, oh, man, did I, you know, did, did I take this information and use it last year? Well, use it this year. It's it's on our website. Um, I think through October it's posted, but again, within the next couple of days, we'll get November posted as well. It's www.sellmypcobusiness.com, and it's on the front uh, front page, and you just click into it, uh, give me your email address, and we'll give you the report. So, the, you know, coming back to those numbers, how much of that is – is inflation like if you were to adjust for inflation like or you know do you think and this is going to kind of get into 2022 and let's go ahead and talk about inflation because it is off the charts right now um you know are do you find a lot of customers or they're adjusting to what's happening with inflation i know at triangle we have a price increase planned i typically don't do them in the winter i'm questioning whether or not i should do one now I'm getting price increases left and right. Um, and, and, you know, should should we respond? I mean, like, are you seeing folks respond in the industry now or folks are just kind of eating it for now? And then how much of that is when you look at industry growth, is it a function of obviously there's real growth there, but inflation can also pad numbers as well. So so thoughts there as far as uh, industry growth? Our index is a rear view mirror look right and so people are starting to talk about price increases and after the past month or, or two but the growth was not because of price increases that people did because of inflation i think it's real growth i think it's real numbers of jobs going forward you're absolutely right we're going to have to raise prices just to keep uh you know uh, the, the labor market has has gotten very expensive the the, the uh, chemicals the supply chain has gotten very expensive, the ability to get vehicles. So going forward, yes. And and we're seeing most of our clients are in that 9, 10% uh, price increase uh, mode. And if you're in lawn care, oh my gosh, right? So you got a double whammy. Mm -hmm. So if, if I say that my labor percentage is, uh, you know, 20% and I say that 20% uh, that, uh, of revenue, but that, um, you know, um, in order to get somebody, I got to pay them 10% more. That would be, you know, a 2% uh, of my revenue. But if my chemicals are 7% and I get a 10%, right, that is a much, much smaller fraction. So chemicals aren't that big of a deal. 
However, in lawn care, your materials are 15%, some, you know, some a little less, some a little more. But so you've got the double whammy of materials and uh, labor. And so we're seeing, you know, 10% is, is, you know, not going to add to your bottom line. It'll probably hold the line for next year. And so that's what we're seeing in terms of price increases. And, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, and I'm just going to reiterate it one more time because I, I, just, I just think it's so important is that this is one of the beauties of holding a service company. You can adapt to inflation. If you cashed out or if you're sitting on a pile of cash and inflation goes up 10%, guess what? You have 10% less value. When you have an operating company, you can adjust and adapt to inflation. And we absolutely need to do this. And so, you know, we've talked about how labor is going away. The availability of labor is going down. It, it's going to continue to rise. The costs are going to continue to rise. I just think this is something that if I were sitting at a company and I'm running a company right now, I absolutely would have a scheduled price increase going in in the spring um, at the very latest. Um, so <clears throat> just just yeah, something mean, to watch. Yeah, we're seeing it right now. People are raising their price. Everybody's raising their prices. We're raising our prices. Um, yep. You know, it, it just in order to stay, um, you know, it. And by the way, it's really nice to say, geez, our company grew 10% or 15%. Well, if all of that is because of an inflation-based price increase, you really right. didn't get real dollars. If, right. If you did, um, you know, otherwise, um, you know, then, um, you know, then, then then you do have a real increase, right? If, if, you know, if, if you, increases. I was going to say, if you want a, a nice slap of cold water in your face, take your profit percent and then adjust it for inflation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> that's what that. you get. You, you, you've yeah. got to do if if you you know raise all of your costs by some factor of inflation. And I think I saw uh, this morning, actually watching CNBC, that that the paychecks, uh, you know, paychecks has a uh, an index that they do, and they said that uh, wages are up four percent this or, or for 2021. I'm going to tell you right now in this industry, it's a lot more than 4%, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's, you know, it, 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 it all depends on, you know, when we get the good labor to, to do the work uh, in order to grow the company, we have a whole bunch of people and this is kind of more your belly with, but we've got lots of clients who say that they they pulled back on their marketing spend because they can generate the leads. They just can't do the work. You know, they just don't have the bodies to do the work. Well, one of the things I'll say, and then we'll close this out on inflation, is I would I would point all of our listeners to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. That's kind of the the independent arm, if there ever was one, of the government that just pulls numbers. And this was a statement that they released um, on December 10th. And, and essentially the statement, and I'm going to read it verbatim, um, <clears throat> the index rose, this is talking about the consumer price index, 6.8% for the last 12 months ending in November the largest 12 months increase since the period ending June, 1982. That, that is directly from the, the, you know, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And so this is not Donnie Shelton talking. This is not Dan Gordon talking. This is coming straight. I mean, so point being is that, okay, so that's your baseline. If you increase, let's just say 7%, and you're right, Dan, it's actually, I think it's more for our industry. If you do a 7% price increase, guess what? You just tread, you just tread water. So, 
Well, that, that's assuming that all your costs are up 7%, right? So if your labor is up 7% and that's 20%, then, you know, it's it's a factor of that. It's uh, what 1.4% of your P&L, but you've got to add everything else. Um, the, the, you just said something very interesting. 1982, I was a senior in high school, and I just remember that um, the inflation back then uh, yes, it was high, but interest rates, if you wanted a mortgage, it was like 14 or 15%. So I don't know whether that's a sign of things to come, but that's that's how it you know, shook out way back when, when you had that kind of increase. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. And, and, and the Fed will be increasing interest rates. When they do it, uh, I'm not quite sure, but they, they definitely will be doing it. Um, you know. Well, let's let's switch gears here. I want to wrap up 2021 and then I want to talk a little bit about taxes uh, in 2022 and then just what's going to be happening with multiples. A couple more things. You know, 2021, in my mind, was just a crazy year in terms of roll ups. We had and we've talked about the two major deals that happened over 2021, which is where Workwave bought Real Green, Workwave bought Slingshot. Disclaimer here, Workwave bought Colmarch, Workwave bought Lawnbot. I mean, like there was a massive buying spree on the software side. And then, you know, we have this whole deal that we covered right before we went into Christmas, which is where, you know, now Renekill is purchasing Terminex. It's been, I, I never would have dreamed, you know, that this would have happened in our industry. But I, you know, to me, I think 2021, if anything, is showing that our industry is getting a lot of visibility. And there's a lot of folks who are becoming very interested in our industry. Thoughts on that, Dan? The answer is yes, but it's all industries. There's so much money flying around out there. Um, you know, we're working with PE firms that are rolling up all of home services, the HVAC, plumbing, you know, you name it, mosquito pest, lawn. So there's a ton of money going around out there. But yes, our industry is, because it's recurring in nature, because the gross margins are high, it's very attractive. And that's why you're getting these high valuations. Um, I think it's really interesting. The software piece of it uh, is getting such uh, play because if you remember, there was a company called Concentric Partners. Concentric. Oh, Partners. I do remember them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they owned EPS, which ultimately sold to Rentakill, but they also owned PestPak. They were the first private equity firm into PestPak. And without getting into the details, it, it it got a little dicey because you know they they were the software company who ran all of these pest control companies. I was gonna say, let's just be real. It, it pissed a lot of people off, right? When it pissed happened. a lot of people off, and so Concentric had to make a decision, and they could divest of the software or the pest control. Well, guess what? They divested it, <laughs> the software right. because pest control was more valuable. And now you're coming for full circle because it seems that you know Workwave, which is the 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 um, you know that what what, what uh, Pestpack morphed into is probably a very very valuable asset, and um, you know it's it, it it you know it's 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 really interesting what's happening now. But it's a function of all the money flying around, and if you have software as a service, which Pestpack and all the routing software in our industry, it, it's all subscription based. It's just exactly what we're doing on the pest control side. So um, yeah, I think that. Our industry is a terrific target, but also the software that supports us is a terrific target too. So. 
Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of glossed over this, but let's switch gears here real quick and let's talk about really briefly this. This I mean, we have a whole podcast on this, so I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. But this 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 huge deal. I, I mean, I, I would say it's the, it's probably the deal of my lifetime, which is where Renicle is purchasing Terminix. You know, obviously, if I'm a I'm a normal you know pest control owner, lawn care owner. How does this really affect me? Is there really something big here? I think that there is. I think, you know, there's going to be an impact in terms of multiples. And I'm going to let you speak to that here for a second, Dan. But I think there's also an impact in terms of what does this look like when it's all done? Because what this did is this, they are now the largest, you know, U.S. I mean, they're not U.S. based, but but certainly are U.S. owned. But it's going to be the largest pest control company bar none. Um what do you see? I'm a normal PMP lawn care operator. What is this deal? How does it affect me? Like, you know, what is it? You know, obviously, there's multiples and we can talk about that. But what's the impact to me? Is there really an impact? Think, is it probably? I think anytime you have a big merger activity, you've got uh, employee attrition. And so there'll be some good employees out there. I know some of the folks at Renekill will probably disagree with me because they want to hold on to everything that they can, but it's just a natural thing, right? I, I think the world of Rent-A-Kill, I think that they are awesome. I think if anyone can straighten out cultural problems and whatever other problems they have at Terminix, Rent-A-Kill people can do it, but it's a big job. It, it's a huge job. And so there's going to be some pain on the way in. And also, the, the deal is subject to DOJ approval, and so that takes some time. So don't think that this deal is going to close anytime. You know, it'll probably close, um, you know, toward the end of the spring, right? But but um, you know, it's uh, um, one of the things that we said uh, early on is that the stock market, you know, that if you looked at the stock prices, they were kind of divergent, and they didn't the the deal price because uh, you know almost uh, probably eighty percent of it's coming from Renekill stock, the deal price fell 20% within a day. Well, if you look at the at the uh, stock right now and um, you know the, the deal flow, we're within a dollar. So all the speculators made their money. And if you remember, we talked about there was an arbitrage um, opportunity, and those who took it made some you know clipped some good uh, returns. You know, 10, 15% in mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks. That's pretty good. But if you look at Renekill stock right now, you're Within a dollar of where that fifty, uh, you know, that fifty-five dollar a share uh, number will be. So, so evidently the market is now liking it and thinking that that the deal is going to go through. And um, so, what does it mean to to the average PMP? I would be shocked if Renekill changed the Terminex brand. That brand is a legacy brand, and it's it's as str it's stronger than Renekill, right? So, I would think that the residential services will be Terminex, but I also think that you're going to have some fallout and uh, there may be some a, a chance to pick up some good employees. So what about deal multiples? You know, obviously Renekill is going to have their hands full with, I mean, this is a massive renovation. I mean, you know, I think anyone who's ever built a house and who, and anyone who's ever renovated a house and, and done both personally, I'd rather just build a house. In this case, they've got a massive <laughs> renovation, which means it's going to be harder. Um, what does this do to multiples? Obviously, does it take Renekill out of the game? Does it keep them in? Does it does it take multiples down? Obviously, we don't know, but your your thoughts on that? Well, so if you look at it as a, a house renovation or a new construction job, you're right. Would I rather build a house from the bottom up 
because I'll get exactly what I want? Yes. But if I want to build a city, do I build it one house at a time? Or if somebody's selling the city, do I buy the city? And that's what they did. So they, they what they did was pretty cool. And you're you're right. It's going to be a bit of a project, and you know, but but I don't think that you can get that kind of um, um, you know I, I don't think that you can get that kind of growth by just uh, organic um, uh, you know growth. Uh, no. As far as multiples, I think you've set a standard though, because the the standard uh, for for top notch companies. Uh, you know, the multiple on this deal is about three and a half, three point six, right? And I was telling you uh, in the beginning of December, we closed one for well over four, right? And so, does that well over four is that still a thing, or are we pulling multiples back in? And and we'll see. So you know, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works. But but what do you think that um, you know on on marketing and, and pricing because you know this idea that you can go in and 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 create wealth and 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 and, and big companies through M and A, and you can, but organic growth has to at at some point you've got to be able to grow organically. So what is what is the cost of marketing when you do something like this? So it's interesting when you look at Google, you know, in, in their revenues are roughly about $180 billion, billion. It's, it's crazy how much money they make. And 80% of that comes directly from Google ads. So so what does that mean? You know, Google has done a great job of, of, of number one, normalizing the marketplace. You know, you look at like Google local services and a few of these other pieces, you don't have to be a very big company to jump in on the game. And early on, if you had pretty deep pockets, you could dominate quite well on the digital space. Over time, you know, Google has become, they've become aware of that and they've changed the algorithm quite a bit so that they still level out the playing field. What that does is it allows them to make more money and it levels the playing field where you can't just dominate on budget alone. The other side effect of this is that it has driven prices up significantly um, in terms of pay-per-click, you know, it's not uncommon in some markets. Of course, there's two drivers of that, by the way, price increases. Number one is competition. If you're in a market, it's very, very um, competitive. You know, you could have, you know, it, it wouldn't follow, say, inflation. It would follow demand. And so if you have a really, really hot market, like we're in the Raleigh market and it's in vogue to come here and open up a, a pest control company, you know, you could have price increases upwards of 80 to 100 to 200, 200% in pay-per-click based solely on competition to get into those into those platforms. The second way that your pricing goes up is by the nature of the platform where you can't you can't be in all spaces at one time. So so what what that turns into is let's just say you have a budget that you can spend, but you can't necessarily spend it all because you can't get enough exposure on the platform. And so what that does is it artificially drives up your cost. So my take on this, and I've seen it over 20, you know, going back to your point, Dan, we've, we've had, by the way, COVID, PPP, all of that, most folks in our industry did quite well from that situation. What that's turned into is a lot of those folks dumping money into marketing, which is fantastic, but it's also driven up pricing. And so typically what I have seen in 2021 is that across the platform, prices are up anywhere from 15 to 20% overall. Some markets, it's up over 100%. 
other markets, it's kind of flat. So, I mean, to me, I think, you know, pricing is going to going to continue to go up on the platform. I think eventually what's going to happen, it's not happened yet. And there's still a lot of great deals on, on, on Google. Um, eventually what's going to happen is that pricing is going to come in line with all other platforms. So TV, radio, you know, the, these big platforms that you think of, I don't think it'll ever reach the, the pricing of what it would do, you know, like a Forex multiple on buying a company. It's still going to be your best source of growth, your cheapest source of growth. It's just not going to be as cheap as it was before. And it may be more difficult to get the volume that you could get before. So sorry for the long answer that you asked. No, no. I, I mean, I, I think what, what you're finding is that, that uh, if, uh, you know, that you've got a marketing is much more scientific and you could really lose your shirt if you don't understand that you're making an investment as opposed to, okay, I just uh, put an ad in the phone book or, you know, whatever on a Frisbee. And uh, now I have a new account. If you're looking to add a thousand accounts this year, how am I going to pay for it? If those accounts provide $500 in annualized revenue, what am I willing to pay for that? And can I pay for that out of operations or do I have to borrow money or invest money into it? And you've never had that decision the way that you do now. A lot of people used to just fund it through operations and you may or may not be able to do that. So, And I think it, you know, to your point, it, it really comes down to <clears throat> resetting your expectations. You know, most folks will not bat an eye at paying 2x for a customer if they were to purchase them, but they would loathe paying 1x revenue for a year to do it online. And that's going to be the new reality. I would say over the next two years, like if you're paying 500 bucks, a $500 cost per sale is not out of the realm of possibilities in the next two years. You know, in nope. the past when we could get away with like, oh yeah, it's $125. And we thought we were, th those days are gone. And, and, you know, they're not coming back. <laughs> There's not some new platform. Well, and, and so well, just, I just think just that well, mindset, no, by the way. If, if, if you pay that 2x for that company or whatever multiple you're going to pay for it, you're not getting exactly what you want, right? If you're, if, 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 if you've got a good sales effort and, you know, standardize your services and everything and you get those uh, leads and sell it exactly the way you want, that's a better company than, than maybe doing that acquisition that has some junk and some, you know, good stuff. And, you know, and, yes. and, and, I mean, because every company has, if you've been around long enough, you get, you got your junk, you know, 100% so, agree. Uh, you know. Well, let's, let's finish out here. We're almost at the end. Let's talk about taxes. I said this uh, when we did our year wrap up last year, and I'm going to say it again. I don't see things changing in taxes because of COVID right now. And, and by the way, I'm no tax expert and Dan is much more versed on speaking to this than I am. But the idea that a president's going to increase taxes in the middle of a pandemic seems ludicrous to me. But I also didn't think that they would mandate that you got to have a vaccine in order to hold a job either. So crazier things have happened. But but I, you know, to me, is there going to be some sort of tax change? Maybe. But I don't just a massive tax change in the middle of a pandemic. I don't see it happening. So, Dan, here you go. You can disagree with me well, or not. No, well, it all depends on, you know, this big um you know, this big infrastructure plan, um, part of it is a tax increase. Uh, it, it looks like it's failing, so it may or may not get in, but uh, I don't see a massive tax increase. I mean, uh, the, the um, you know, the, what they're talking about is, is top rate going from 37 to 39.6%, okay? They're also talking about, um, 
uh, an investment uh, tax being uh, uh, levied on the sale of businesses. It's always been, you know, you, you you had this investment tax on capital gains, like if you sold stocks or bonds or got interest in dividends, but not on the sale of a business that you actively participate. Well, that's one of the things that will go up and that's a 3.8%. So not the end of the world. Um, one of the things that's on the board is if you uh, like are self-employed and you uh, get past your FICA limit, which is what seven and a half, seven point six five times two, right? So it's almost fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. Um, it kicks out, uh, you know, uh, I think it's around one hundred thirty, hundred forty thousand dollars. But one of the things that they're talking about is, well, why should it kick out? And so you may be subject to a much larger tax. So. But, but all of this is speculation, but I do, if I were handicapping this thing, I do think there's going to be a price increase or a tax increase next year. I just don't think it's going to be of, of the, um, you know, magnitude that everybody was talking about six months ago. But I definitely think that uh, if I'm handicapping it um, next year, price increase. So that means how do you do your planning? Your planning is to accelerate uh, or, or uh, to, to um, you know, you're in a rising tax environment, um, you know, the, the, the planning is exactly the opposite where you, um, you know, you pull income at the lower rate and you push expenses uh, at the higher rate. So uh, right. yep. I think it'd be interesting. So, you know, overall, and we're going to wrap up here, we're, we're getting to the end of here, but I would say 2022, I don't, I say this, I don't think it's going to be as a wild ride as what we had on 2021. I mean, between the large acquisitions and just what was happening with COVID. Personally, I think it looks pretty bright. I, you know, going back to where we started with COVID, I think, I don't want to say we're going to come out of it. I just don't think it's going to be as bad as it was and definitely not as bad as it was in 2020 hopefully better than it was in 2021. I think M&A, I don't know. I'm not even going to speculate on that. I don't have enough in there. On the marketing side, I can tell you, I think prices are going to start normalizing. I think until some of this money starts coming out of the economy, we're going to continue to see inflation rise and we're going to continue to see prices going up. And I think we just need to respond as businesses to make sure that we pull our own pricing in place so that we can stay competitive, both with hiring folks and with continuing to expand our marketing. Um, but, but overall, you know, a bright year, Dan, any, any closing thoughts? I for 2022? couldn't agree more. I, I believe that 2022 is going to be a terrific year. Um, it may not have the gyrations that we had. There's no Terminexes left to buy. There's no pest packs left to buy. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, but, uh, I do believe that uh, 2020 or the Q1 and Q2 are looking really good right now. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, stay tuned. Yeah. Well, folks, you did it. You made it all the way to the end of another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. As always, we appreciate you listening. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, please remember to rate and review us. Obviously, Dan and I get paid lots and lots of money for doing this podcast. I'm joking. We don't get paid anything, but we do appreciate a review uh and you know any 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 love you could send our way that's kind of our our tip jar so with that we're signing off we'll see you all next time take care take care dan see ya see ya bye bye bye